What's going on, beautiful people? This is Jovan Miller, and you're listening to the latest installment of the Give It Context podcast. We have so much to discuss. want to get straight into it. First of all, I'd like to say my hiatus is over. I have so much content that I want to share with you. So to those of you who have been waiting for an episode, you'll get a whole bunch um, over the course of the next few weeks. Like I said, I'm incredibly grateful. Um, things are going very well for me, but... I do realize that there are a lot of people um, that do like my content, and there's a lot that I have to say. So hopefully, deals will come out more consistently because, like I said, I have so much I'd like to share with you. If you want to get in contact with me, uh, Instagram and Twitter is at Jovi Nation, J-O-V-I-N-A-T-I-O-N-2-3. If you want to get in uh, contact with me via email, that is peace of mind two three two seven at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Hopefully, if you're riding in your car, or, um, if you're sitting around having a discussion, ready to you know digest what I'm about to say, the first thing I will say is is this is going to be uncomfortable, as most of my content seems to be. Um, and honestly, I, I prefer it that way because sometimes the most uncomfortable is the realest version of somebody's reality. So if there are some things that, again, may trip you up or things I may say, what I ask is that, again, you get in contact with me. I have no problem having a conversation with anybody about any of the content that I uh, display. So like I said, feel free to reach out. Title of this episode is How We Got Here. And uh, last week, I had uh, told everybody, I had announced that there would be an episode coming up on this very topic. And it was actually in the wake of the, I believe, the last episode that we will ever see of the NFL slash Colin Kaepernick uh, debate and situation. But I didn't want to actually talk about what happened between the two parties, Colin Kaepernick's camp and or the NFL. I wanted to step away from it from an American perspective, somebody who just looked at both sides of things and I just wanted to really verbalize what we just experienced as American people, where we are um, as a society, as a group of people. I believe that there is such a overbearing conversation that needs to be had and let's be honest, over the course of time, you have so many discussions. At one point in time, one says, where do we stop? Where does it end? Where do we start to put action behind all these things? So that being said, the first thing I will ask to anybody who's going to listen to this episode is based off of the last three years from the time Colin Kaepernick took a knee in September of 2016 until where we are entering into December of 2019. What have we learned through the protest? 
You can pause it, think about that. Like I said, digest that. Let that sit in your spirit for a minute. What have we learned through the protest? I'm going to go to the conversation, or excuse me, the debate, the issue between the NFL and Colin Kaepernick very quickly before getting to my next point. I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on. You can be one of the people who says, well, he disrespected the military, um, although that was not the intention. Um, if you felt offended on that side of things, you have a family member, if you are active duty, whatever the case is, a veteran, uh, you're entitled to your opinion. That's a part of being an American is to being entitled to your opinion. What I will say is instead of the name calling on either side, I just wish that there would be effective, impactful conversation between the two sides. Or you could be on the other side and say uh, that technically he broke no law. He was exercising his First Amendment right. And again, what I will say about either side of this is you both have points to be made. And again, it comes down to how willing are you to have the conversation with somebody that opposes you? That's something that should sit in your spirit for a minute. This situation between Colin Kaepernick, his uh, associates, his contingency, and the NFL came down to two basic principles. Power and pride. That is it. If you boil everything down, this comes down to two principles. I'll say them again. Power and pride. There have been so many false narratives that have been put out on both sides. Well, he wants to play. He's gotten contact. People reached out to him. No response. Or he won't do this. He won't do that. My question is, what have you learned? Not about what Cap's talking about or us giving him a bio blast that we'll never, ever forget. Because if you disagreed with his method, all you would do is talk about, well, the fact that he was adopted by a white family and this, that, and the third. And now he's faking like he's Ali. Whatever the criticism is on the other side that believes that he's he's the people's champ. You know, he did something that no other athlete was willing to do. And that is literally put their career at the forefront Uh, sacrifice um, for something bigger than himself. So I need people to grow up and get away from the name calling and start to truly internalize the message and what we're trying to get at and what I'm going to question you on in this episode. After you've obviously kind of digested the first question about what we've learned in the last three years. And I mean in regard to the activism of one Colin Kaepernick and and the NFLs um, on their side of things, um, them just recently over the course of the last few months, and that was hiring a world-renowned rapper, uh, Jay-Z, to be the one that's in charge of, um, or excuse me, that's going to be working with them on social justice issues. Um, One may say day late, dollar short, but is that technically a step in the right direction when it comes to this uh, topic? I believe that both sides would probably say yes, but I'm going to give you a little bit of my opinion. I'll sprinkle that in. But again, we're just going to go off of straight off of the facts of where we are right now in this moment. 
there's been so many things, whether, whether you watch CNN News or CNN, whether you watch Fox News, MSNBC, um, any of the major uh, stations, Fox Sport One or, or ESPN, there's a million talk shows. There's one that's more leaning towards, I guess you could technically say, the conservative side. I hate the fact that we put those labels, but whatever. And then there's more, one side of things that's more on the liberal side. So it all comes down to really what you, what you prefer. My thing is about this whole situation is the reason why I ask is where are we and what do we learn is because... My question is, are we any closer to a solution? My answer would be no. So technically, Colin Kaepernick taking a sacrifice for his career and the NFL saying it's bad for business and that we have millions of viewers out there saying that they will not watch our product because one player is choosing to take a knee and protest a police brutality against people of color uh, and injustices in this country. If that is going to be your bottom line, and that's going to be the line you draw, you, you, know, you draw your foot in the sand with, my question is, based off of that in the last three years, are we any closer to a solution? My answer is no. Now, everybody knows if you follow me, you know how much I support Cap. And like I said, this has absolutely nothing to do with my support of him. This is off the facts, and this is off both sides. So hopefully, if you're on either side of that equation, you're listening to me and saying, oh, they do have a good point on either side. Now, we've asked the question of you know, what we've learned the last three, three years. I hope you have an answer. Or excuse me, I don't know if you have an answer, but I'm hoping you're getting closer, closer to an answer. The next thing we have to think about in all of this is if we do have a solution, how do we implement it? How do we go about getting this out to the general public, both black, white, uh, gay and straight, atheist, Christian, Muslims, conservative, liberal, whatever way you can designate yourself? How do we get all parties involved to care about a, like a specific issue? How do we do that? So... What I learned from my protest in 2012, and if you don't know, look it up for yourself. Um, what I learned is, is that when you are on one side of an equation and you do something in the greater good, in your, in your mindset, in your greater good, for the betterment of all people um, or those involved, you will get a bio blast like nobody's business. What I mean by that is, is that... People will go out of their way to look up every single thing about you, the individual, and nothing about what the cause is. So I ask those who may oppose, you know, the gesture of him taking a knee. I ask, what was the reason he took a knee? And it can't be the answer cannot be. And I'm hoping it's not to get attention or excuse me, not only to get attention, because that was the point of guess is getting attention and drawing attention to an issue, a societal issue. But. If you think this was for personal gain, please explain to me how. Now, other side of things. If this was never about politics to begin with, when we were having this conversation regarding Colin Kaepernick's employment, why was the first thing brought up by the NFL to his contingency was whether he was going to kneel or not? 
That's another little side note for you to discuss at another note. Now, I'm going to ask you something off the rip here that I think that a lot of people aren't really thinking about. And I believe this is where we'll get to the crux of this issue. And that is, what in your opinion, as I'm asking you, what in your opinion do you believe is a worthy cause? Something to take a legitimate stand knowing that you're going to receive backlash for. Think about that amongst yourselves. Think about that if you're driving in the car for yourself. I'll give you a few that I believe that people would be easily, easily persuaded to support. Gun control. Everybody talks about gun control. You have shootings, you have people getting shot, you know, whether the gun is licensed or not. You have all these different scenarios consistently being put out there. Gun control. In the 1990s, cocaine was hitting the, hit, the cocaine epidemic was hitting the black community. Now in the 2000s into the 2000s, we're going as we go from 2010s into the 2020s, um, the heroin epidemic has hit the white community. So would you say drug abuse is a worthy cause? Has there been enough attention drawn to that cause? And again, I want you to answer that question for yourself, yes or no. Sex trafficking. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is one is known 85 South and North. That interstate is known to have some of the most sex trafficking in our country. They have people that they have undercover police officers, um, SWAT teams, whatever. All the works that uh, go along that interstate trying to prevent it. And we do find a lot of cases where the perpetrators are caught. But again, I ask, do you believe the sex trafficking, the fact that it exists in this country and is continuing to be an issue, do you believe that's worthy of making a staunch commitment to uh, talk in regard to the unacceptable nature of some of the things that are going on in our society? You answer that question for you. My favorite one of all, and I'm not saying my favorite one because I actually condone it. I'm just saying is is that this one seems to get everybody up in a tizzy. Domestic violence. As we know in 2014, Ray Rice lost his career. Now, some people may say justifiably so. Others will say, you know what, he made a mistake. He's married. He's happily married. He's got, the, got I think, another child on the way with his now wife that he uh, knocked unconscious on that elevator. The question is, a lot of times when it comes to domestic violence, and I'm not condoning it, I want to be very clear, I do not condone that action, but I'm asking, if Ray Rice was not a football player and he was a teacher or a, or a doctor and somebody found out about it, he, is able, he or she would be able to go on and live the rest of their life and get another job in that profession because it technically did not, it did not happen on the school grounds, in the in the office, uh, you know, in the doctor's office, in the lawyer's uh, office or whatever. 
they would be able to continue whatever that profession is. They would have to move probably, and they would probably instantly fired or released from of their duties at wherever they were working, but overall they would be able to get employment again. I wanted to add a fifth one, and I thought that this was a very common one, not common one, but I think that it's becoming a hot topic now, especially. And that is, uh, I'm a high school teacher myself, as you know, school shootings are starting to become a very big issue. Now, my question is, is the reason why I said it that way was, has it always been an issue? Or have we just started to pay attention to it in the last few years? So, for example, if a player decided to use, you know, to exercise his or her First Amendment right to take a knee due to the lack thereof gun control. And again, if my gun, all my gun users out there, all my, my gun owners I'm not trying to offend. I'm simply asking just for the sake of this. But if somebody was to say I'm taking a knee because school shootings are at an all-time high and get statistics to back it, would we be more accepting of a player and or coach following through with a gesture that may be misperceived as disrespect to our great country? Something to think about. There's another dynamic that I think we should really think about, and I think that this is, again, what my bigger issue is, I think, with either side is the name calling, because I've always felt like as soon as you call me a name, I'm not thinking about anything you say after that. I'm thinking about the fact that you called me something, the fact that you called me out my name. Now, my mother used to say, it's not about what they call you, it's about what you answer to. That is technically true, mommy. You're right. But I also don't like being called out my name, especially if I haven't done anything but express my opinion since the fact that we're in an open forum and having a conversation. There's something that I think that we look at and I say uh, consistently, are we doing anything to address it or are we going to consistently move the buck to something else? A few of those something else's are things such as Gay pride parades or uh, women's rights rallies, those occur every year and those do not discriminate. If you're straight, if you're gay, lesbian, uh, transgender, um, if you're just a man who has a wife or uh, a woman who has a wife, a trans who has a a loved one that happens to be a, a female, you're out there to support. My question is, in either case, whether it be a gay pride parade or a woman's rights parade or a woman's rights rally, is why is it so easy to galvanize everybody towards that cause? Something to think about. I believe that the reason why it's so why it's so easy, and again, this is my personal opinion, is because. People can literally see the injustice. They can see the wrongdoing uh, for a woman not to be able to, you know, make a decision with her body. That makes a lot of sense. You know, if it has to do with uh, being discriminated as a uh, a gay man or a a lesbian on a job uh, for a job opportunity, those are things that they occur. Some of them are obviously much more pronounced than others. 
you can you can empathize, you can sympathize with those things, and they're easy to understand and easy to get behind. My question is to you: Is after Cap took a knee, how many of you actually looked into the amount of black men or women that were gunned down by police officers at the hand, unarmed? Okay, at the hands of police officers. How many of you did that? And I will not judge you if you say you did not. Because at the end of the day, as my father would say, is knowledge is power. You see, the reason why I started in 2015 was the unfortunate nature of one Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland is not the first uh, black person to be killed and or white person. So I'm going to leave. I'm going I'm to include everybody in this. But she is not the first person that had been mistreated by law enforcement. Now, unfortunately, if you look at her video in particular, because they started to release details after she's been under the grave for two, three years now, um, they started to release a lot of this information to the general public. My question is, did you know about it? Did you do your research? Did you look it up? Did you look at what Cap took a knee for it? Did you say, oh, wow, that isn't a problem? And again, I won't judge you if you didn't. What I did see, though, is as a result of him taking that knee, again, what people will do and what people what, what sells is to look at the other side of the equation. The other side of that equation was, well, he did wear, he had one day where he wore pig socks, you know, that had police officer hats on them. So his disrespect for law enforcement. Now, if that was the case, Colin Kaepernick is not the first person to ever say after police. Shoot, some of the music y'all listen to now says that same message. It does not stop you from listening to it. And I know I'm speaking to somebody, regardless of whether you agree with it or not. When you, tr- when you don't like somebody, and you've heard me say this before on other episodes, but when you don't like somebody, you'll find every reason not to support them. But if you like somebody, you'll find every reason to support them as well. My question is after... So Sandra Bland was in 2015 and Cap took a knee in 16. I'm going to name off some names for me, or for you, excuse me, for you. I'm going to ask you, and I want you to pause and think about this or whatever, and look up all these names, and I'll actually will have a list on my Instagram just to make sure that everybody kind of understands where I'm at on this. If you heard of any of these stories, if you heard these names, and if you're able to look them up and look for yourself, let me get reading. Wendell Allen, Devon Bailey, Christopher Whitfield, Anthony Hill, Eric Logan, Jamarion Robertson, Greg Hill Jr., Jaquavion Slayton, Ryan Twyman, Brandon Weber, Jimmy Atchison, Willie McCoy, E.J. Fitzgerald, Dietrich Griffin, Jamel Roberson, DeAndre Ballard, Bethon Jean, he just happened, Robert Lawrence White, Anthony Lamar Smith, Romarley Graham, Manuel Loggins Jr., Trayvon Martin, Kendry McDade, Larry Jackson Jr., Jonathan Farrell, Jordan Baker, Victor White III, Dontre Hamilton, Eric Garner, John Crawford III, 
Michael Brown, Ezel Ford, Dante Parker, Kajim Powell, Laquan McDonald, Akai Gurley, Tamir Rice, Romaine Brisbane, Jerome Reed, I'm still reading y'all, Charlie Kinane, Tony Robinson, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Brendan Glenn, Samuel Du Bois, Christian Taylor, Jamar Clark, Mario Woods, Quintonio Legreer, Gregory Gunn, Akil Dinkins, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terrence Sterling, Terrence Crutcher, Keith Lamont Scott, Alfred Olongo, Jordan Edwards, Stephon Clark, Danny Ray Thomas, Dewan Guillory, Patrick Harmon, Jonathan Hart, Maurice Granton, Julius Johnson. That is 66 names of black men who have been killed unarmed by police officer or law enforcement. Now, if you're a law enforcement person listening to this, I don't hate you. I'm not saying you're a bad person. What I'm saying is, is that there's an epidemic here that I always will say my problem will never be with the, with the person that holds that job. It's the good people that hold that position that don't hold the bad ones to that same standard. That will always be my fight. 66 names there. And I know a few of you have obviously heard some of those names like the Michael Brown and the Eric Garner. The unfortunate story with Tamir Rice. I'm going to name, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Twelve of the 66 that I named were in their teens. Tamir Rice was the youngest. He was 12. And he, yes, he was the one with the toy gun. Now, again, we ask ourselves, and you guys have heard me ask before, does he deserve to die? I want to know how often you have that conversation with your peers. Do you have that conversation, healthy conversations, with those who oppose you, those who want to know more? If you're a black person, do you are you approached by white people that trust you? White people, are you going out of your way to try to understand a little bit better? And again, there's no judgment here. But I just want to ask. We have two ways of thinking on the same issue. I actually want to share with you both either side of the equation, where you were and where you are, I guess, currently. We'll compare and contrast, and you can do that for yourself. The first verse you'll hear is of our 44th pre- 45th president, excuse me, one Donald Trump, and his opinion regarding the players taking a knee for the national anthem. I'll play that now. When somebody disrespects our flag To say get that son of a bitch off the field right now Out, he's fired He's fired Now NFL commissioner That's one side of the equation Now again, I'm not judging your perspective You are entitled to your opinion We have another side of the equation In which 
the president before him, Juan Barack Obama, voices his, his opinion. I will play that now. Uh, he's exercising his constitutional right to make a statement. I think there's a long history of sports figures doing so. Um, I think there are a lot of ways you can do it. Uh, as, as a general matter, uh, when it comes to the flag and the national anthem and uh, the meaning that that holds for our men and women in uniform and, and, and those who fought for us, um, you know, that is uh, a tough thing for them to get past to then hear uh, what his deeper concerns are. But I don't doubt his sincerity based on what I've heard. I think he cares about uh, some real legitimate issues that have to be talked about. If nothing else, what he's done is he's generated uh, more conversation around some topics that need to be talked about. So, again, I don't, it does not for me, it does not matter what side of the equation are or you're on. My question again is, is are you able to have an effective conversation with somebody who opposes you? Are you able to at least justify your way of thinking? Now, we get so in, in we got so involved with the gesture that the 66 names were completely ignored. Excuse me, I'll say 67 because I forgot one, Sandra Bland. Because we did not really address the issue. And that's why I say, what have you learned in the last three years since the first time Cap took a knee? Another situation that I thought was interesting is, is that I think we got so in involved with his gesture that we also did not ask ourselves was what our public figures not only thought, but where we stood on these things. And... Were we so uncomfortable with what he did in the gesture that did we miss the meaning altogether? I'll give you a good example. Governor Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin in 2017, said that the players, the NFL players, should stop protesting police brutality and focus on domestic violence. I want to give a translation of what that actually means. That means what you think and what you are trying to protest is not important to me, but domestic violence is. So here's a, it, uh, I've expressed this to a number of my friends on either side of the equation. The one thing we miss a lot of times is this. When somebody makes such a staunch stance against something that they or, excuse me, towards something they believe in. It all comes down to a numbers game. For example. Even if every single black man and woman, transgender, gay, straight person in America chose to support one Colin Kaepernick, he is still, excuse me, we would only amount to about 13 to 14% of America's whole population. Let that sink in. Every single one of them. Meaning that the census, the most important group of people to sway on activism would be the white population. This ain't this is not news people. This is just obviously facts. But when they encompass roughly 65 to 70% of America's population, 
when you have some of the most prominent figures of both black and white supporting either side of the equation, are we truly getting towards a solution to the issue? Again, I want you to answer that. My biggest concern after three years is that I'm learning is that it tells me that nobody on either side of the equation really was serious about the change. The problem that we had with the change was that this never came down. Let's be honest. It should have never came down to us having open discussions three years later about whether Colin Kaepernick is good enough to play in the NFL, but it did. The fact that we still haven't addressed this epidemic because it continues to still happen, ask Bethon Drew, the Bethon Jean that same question because he can't answer that question because he's under the ground right now for being shot by a police officer who entered his own apartment, okay, and said she mistaked it for somebody else's and got 10 years for it. It's that injustice that we talk about that we have still not discussed yet. I ask of those in situations of this kind. What was your biggest issue? What was your biggest issue? Why was it that we, instead of us listening to the message, we kept telling everybody how we best hear a message? I'm a teacher. I understand that everybody learns differently. But the fact is, did you get the information? That is the most important thing about being a teacher. Did you get the information? Yes or no? And if you don't understand it, help me help you. This whole thing, again, came down to pride versus power about control of a narrative about a it got so out of hand that I'm not going to lie I got uncomfortable because when they brought it to his upbringing and where he's from and everything that made me incredibly uncomfortable because it's telling me that black men or white women or whoever you have to be depicted in a certain way to be believed and I know that either color either race um, either um, whatever your sexual orientation anybody can understand that and that was my biggest issue when all of this was said and clear. The idea was never, ever about Colin Kaepernick getting a job. It was about addressing the major cause. Now, if you can't name that cause and if you cannot define it as worthy, then again, that's a conversation that needs to be had with somebody that maybe you can heed that message from. But again, I was asking before is what do you believe is a worthy cause? So we fast forward from 2016 to where we are right now. What have you learned? Where are we on the wide spectrum of thought? Why was it that the only thing that we seemed to be concerned about was the gesture and not the cause? I want to bring up a little stat for you. This has actually something to do. It's very interesting. It goes along the same lines of what we're talking about. When you go to apply for a job, a lot of times, let's just say you guys are a wild child. You're 18, 19 years old. You're in college. You go on spring break. And you know what? I'm going to get a tattoo. You get that tattoo. And they tell you, make sure it's in a spot where you can hide it. Why? Why? Because they want you to be able to get a job. 
Because they tell you that based on whatever job that you actually go on to apply for, there's a certain look that is acceptable for your position. The reason why I bring that up is for one specific reason. And that is, it has everything to do with the fact that playing a professional sport is one of the few things that you can do to where you can have tattoos, you can have that spacey, wavy name, because statistics prove that an employer will look at one's name, look at one's appearance, and think about discriminating against that individual because they do not fit the profile for that specific job. That was a Pew Research study in 2010, and that's still relevant today for, 18, for ages 18 through 29, that says that if you look a certain way on the job or any interview, if you have tattoos that are visible or whatever, they're more likely to move on to the next person because of the appearance. Professional sports is one of the few places where that is not a judgment call. It comes down to something very specific. Can you do the job effectively or not? Can you produce for your team or not? It has nothing to do with political affiliation or the other causes that you're a part of that have nothing to do with the sport. Now, people will say, well, why couldn't he have done that on his own time? He was. But that does not stop you on your job wearing, you know, whatever uh, candidate you support. Whether that be, you know, an Obama pen or, you know, a Trump hat. That does not stop you from doing so. Nobody says to you at your job to do it on your own time. What I've learned in the three years is very simple. So many people tell other people to make sure that they defend themselves, that they stick up for what's right. We rarely talk about the idea that you are free to say whatever you want to. They just don't tell you that there are repercussions for saying those things. Now, we see a number of professional athletes get in trouble because they talk crazy out their mouth and lose a job over it. So how free are you to voice your opinion if the possibility is you losing your profession, losing your livelihood as a result? How free are you? That's what I pretty much learned from the last three years. Is as long as I am saying something that people want to hear, I'll always be employed. Last thing in closing that I want to talk about is very simple. And it was the consistent back and forth of listening to the having a right to do something. And the privilege to do something. I want to make sure everybody understands the difference between the two things. A right is somebody, excuse me, nobody being able to infringe upon it because it's an automatic thing given to you for being a human being, for living and breathing. A privilege is somebody giving you an opportunity to do something due to your skill and whatever the profession. Cap 
and activists alike have the right to do so. The unfortunate part is when you're looking, quote unquote, for employment, that privilege does not come alike when you're in a position that he or whoever is in. Want to get in contact with me? Instagram and Twitter is at jovination 23 Email is peaceofmind2327 at gmail.com. This is Jovan Miller. You just listened to the latest installment of the Give It Context podcast. God bless you. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. We out.